Hello and welcome to Off Time Jive. Michael's a piece of shit. Welcome to Off Time Jive again. Michael's still a stupid fucking twat, um, and everybody is angry at him this week. Uh, who else was angry at you, my love? Hello. Um, <laughs> good evening. My name is Michael Holler. Uh, well, as I was saying before, before some idiot press record. Um, or didn't press record yep. well enough. Nope. Uh, you know, which is normally, which is awkward because you're normally very good at pushing buttons. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but no, it was with my friend Nick. You remember Nick from the uh, the film shoot we did, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> we went out to lunch and uh, we went to McDonald's because uh, they had this two for five Big Mac deal, which is a good deal, especially in New York. It's something you can buy and fill yourself up and then feel terrible twenty minutes later. Big Macs are more expensive here in New York than they are in any other part of the country. This is a true story. Yep. Again, they still make you feel just as bad after eating them, though. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't disagree. Yeah, no, so um, so I told him, oh, there's doing like a two for five Big Mac thing down at McDonald's. We should go there for lunch. And he was like, great, awesome, aces, let's go. So we get there, and he's standing in front of me in line, and he gets up to the cash register, and he asks the lady, of course, you know, can I have the two for five Big Mac deal? To which she responds, oh, we're not doing that anymore. Uh, you're going to have to order something else. So he turns and looks at me, and he's like, Oh, they're not doing the two for five anymore. We gotta get something else. To which I just told him, "Don't worry, I'll get it." So he places. His you order. bought his Big Macs. So well, he places his order and he goes and stands in the area where they're just waiting for food. I go and I place my order, and when I'm done, I walk over to him and he asks, "Well, what'd you get?" So I said, "Oh, I got the two for five Big Mac," and he just does this double taking. Like, but they said they weren't doing it anymore. I was like, "Yeah, but I said I'd get it, right?" Uh-huh. And he was like, yeah, but we had the same cashier. Like, she wouldn't give it to you if she didn't give it to me. Maybe she and just doesn't like you, Yeah, Nick. so I so I said, no, I got it. And I showed him the receipt, and I got it. And he was just fuming for, like, really? the, for like the next entire hour. So he was angry at he you because you... totally well, angry. Did you also get his Big Macs? I also got his food as well. No. No, but, but we were walking but down the street. I don't understand. We were walking down the street, and he was just a fucking crazy person yelling and screaming at the top of his lungs in the middle of Brooklyn. So, which no one knows. Well, I was going to say, it's not, it's, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, he was fucking, he was pretty infuriated. I don't blame him. Big Macs are serious business. They are. They are. They're normally like, what, $8 here in the city? There's something ridiculous like that. It's probably $6 per sandwich. Actually, no. I think there might be a place that has New York beat, and that is uh, Waikiki Beach. Really? In Honolulu, Hawaii. I remember it was fifteen eighty-five for a Big Mac meal. And they've never sold a Big Mac in the entire <laughs> history of that McDonald's. Exactly. <laughs> Why would it be so expensive? Because it's on a beachfront property in the middle of touristdom. Oh? Yeah. But do go on. You know, you look ridiculous right now. Your microphone is covered in my sock. It is. And this is to do to, to what exactly? It's a pop filter, so I could go pop, 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 and it won't kill the listener's ears like when you do it. But, like uh, that. 
It just it looks it looks like the microphone's about to stick up a Seven Eleven. Yeah, and it will. There's a Seven Eleven down the street, most expensive Seven Eleven in all of America. It's like twenty six dollars for a Big Mac, which you know is just Manhattan prices. Michael, what happened in nerddom this week? Oh well, why are you asking me? You're stereotyping me as some kind of nerd. No. What happened this week is out of nowhere, completely unasked for, uh, came a Power Ranger short film. There was. There was. Um, do you know who directed it? It was it's Joseph a, something? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No, it wasn't From Gordon-Levitt. It was John, the Batman film. It starts with a J. And John, um. Con. No, uh. It's a, um, I can look it up. Power Rangers. John Blake was his name, I believe. Oh, I think they took it down. Did they? They might have. I had heard that the owners of the Power Rangers <laughs> thing don't like the existence of this movie and they want it taken down. And I this can't really understand why because well, it's not making any money. It was just made and then released. So who gives a shit? Is it just making them um, Well, we haven't talked about what it is yet. It's awesome. It's yeah, great. It's, well, I have mixed feelings, but um, what happened this past week? Mixed feelings about your fucking face. No, you hate my face completely. I don't think that's a mixed feeling. Oh. But what happened earlier this week is there was a 13-minute fan film, and I use the word fan film in quotation marks because this has a very, very high production value. It was funded by the same so. person who funded the film Lone Survivor, if I believe correctly. Yeah. And uh, made a short team. Uh, uh, short. A 13-minute fan film, basically, with uh, Katie Stackholm and, what's his name, Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek. From Dawson's Creek. Yep. So, um, that was interesting. Uh, it was basically a very dark, gritty, over-the-top dark and gritty right. look at what the future of the five teenagers with attitude became i think that that would be the logical conclusion one would come to uh after in a world with power rangers in it which is basically just like our world but with power rangers 10 years in the future fucking chaos and like huge technology technological increases in the world well the whole thing with the technological increases was um the machine empire was they said the machine empire invaded and uh instead of fighting them uh, we signed a peace treaty with them in the Machine Empire, if you remember correctly. I do. Was the uh, the evil nemesis plot storyline in the series Power Rangers Zeo. Oh, I was wrong. I don't remember the, that at all. Which was the very first series to replace Mighty Morphin Power Rangers after Mighty Morphin had been on for three years and kind of burned itself out. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, in Zeo, the... Power Rangers. What was the basic plot of that? What were these machines? Skynet launched. Uh, well, the Machine Empire in Power Rangers Zeo was uh, this intergalactic empire that had just this long line of conquest where they'd go to a system, they'd conquer all the planets, they'd destroy the planets, they'd move on. Uh, and they came to Earth. Uh, and their whole thing was they were going to conquer the planet, subjugate all the people, and the Power Rangers were the only thing that, st- that stood in their way. And this was right actually after the Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers plot where the Rangers lost all their powers and could no longer fight as the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So it hit them on a low point where they had no powers and now this great evil threat has invaded and they were pretty helpless for a little bit. Okay. Until like, you know, five minutes into the episode where they get their powers. But 
no, this this took an interesting standpoint on if this culture came with advanced technological resources, we would join forces with them, and uh, the Power Rangers kind of were disbanded. Most notably, Tommy Oliver has gone off the grid, and if you don't know who Tommy was, he was the cool one. The, the, the pink ranger. Yeah, the pink, the the, the green he was the sexy and one. white Mighty Morphin Power Ranger. The white power Played by ranger. Jason David Frank. Uh, who never sent us our intro. He never did. He never did. <laughs> that jerk. <laughs> so he's, I think he's actually going to be here. Like, you know that place Like in this room? No, 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 no. Like uh, across the street. The Manhattan Center? Not the Manhattan Center. It's Madison Square Garden? It's the area McDonald's? around Madison. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be at the McDonald's. He, the area around Madison Square Garden. I don't know what it's called. There's a name like the something plaza or something. 8th Avenue? Yeah, he's going to be on 8th Avenue. Um... He actually turned the part down. Of he the, was, in the green, uh, oh, in this. In this, in this <clears> series, yeah. In this thing. He was approached by the director, I believe it was, and uh, he released a statement on Facebook saying that, you know, he was approached, and he's approached very, very often by so many different fan films wanting to collaborate and do something, and he can't do all of them, but the reason why he turned this one down specifically is because they were going for that hard Oh my god, you need core. to turn your phone off, I hate it. They were going for that hardcore R rating with uh, use of drugs, you know, sexual content, cussing. Things Was like this that. rated by anything though? No, no. But why would they su- even submit that? Uh, it's not mean? a real movie. Well, yeah, but he was just—he was against the uh, the graphic nature of it. Isn't he a cause... religious person? Uh, well, I know his MMA f- his MMA fighting brand. I think is Jesus didn't tap. He didn't. He As a matter of fact, he, he uh, could not. His nail, his hands, his hands were, were nailed, nailed to a, to a piece of wood. Uh, no, but um, his whole problem was it was that the franchise is still connected to everything that it is. So even if you do do something that's completely separate and independent from the actual franchise, it still has that label and the connotation that travels with it. And if it's something you don't want to necessarily expose to children, like this is something you don't want to necessarily expose to children, he wouldn't want to do something that could negatively impact yeah, the perception uh, his, of the uh, franchise. his brand, his friend. I would imagine, especially being that he still works in certain capacities with that franchise, um, and he's allegedly going to be in the real movie yeah. that's coming out, the Lionsgate one. Uh, he probably would. I would imagine if if the creators are going after this, um, like they are alleged to be doing right now, yeah, um, he probably wouldn't want to get his hand in that. Situation, yeah. and I'm sure that this wasn't some big surprise thing. I'm sure that they knew about the production of this, um, going into it, and he probably had some sort of knowledge of that. Yeah, but I mean, like the things like the superpower beatdowns, which he's appeared on, uh, those are a little bit different, though, because well, those have the approval of the company. Yeah, Saban and I don't really understand why this doesn't, though. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Granted, this was like Tarantino does Power Rangers <laughs> level of violence. Like, yeah. it was over the top. But uh, still, I mean, a fan film's a fan film. Maybe they just didn't like James Vanderbeek. Yeah, and which is, you know, you can't blame him for that. But, um... Shots fired. Well, I mean, he was Rocky in the short, and no one liked Rocky. And he was Dawson in Dawson's Creek, and no one likes Dawson's Creek. <laughs> But um, but no, and the the plot was basically uh, of this short film. If you haven't yet seen it, which is weird because it broke the internet, and I believe now it's actually off of YouTube. It was taken off of Vimeo almost immediately, but YouTube really? hung on for like a day. 
Uh, but I, I believe it's off now. Because I was sad. just looking for it and I could not find it. Luckily, I downloaded it onto my computer. So, uh, and masturbate to it every night. Yep, uh, you can't you can't take that away from me. But um, you could take your fucking phone away from you. You could, but you won't, because then I'd kick you out of my room. So, the basic plot is the Rangers are being picked off one by one, and the person trying to get to the bottom of it is James Vanderbeek, who plays the character of Rocky. Rocky was the character who replaced the original Red Ranger, played by Austin St. John. Jason, as you know him. Uh, What was his first appearance? Rocky's, not Jason's. Rocky's first appearance was in... God, it it had three in the title. This is the movie, wasn't it? Uh, hey, that was not his first appearance. He first appeared halfway through Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Season 2. Oh, And I the reason for this is because after Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was first launched in 1993, I believe, it exploded. And it became probably the most profitable franchise in the history of existence. And the three... Is Empire State Building on fire right now? I don't Can you know. see that? It? See what? I just see window. It's blinking. Those, those are called lights, you know. What? Those are, those are called lights. Anyway, yes. go on. Um, Cutting that out. But <laughs> you better leave that fucking thing in. I want people to know. <laughs> you don't know what a light bulb is. But, uh, <laughs> but what happened was three of the five rangers at the time, after realizing that, A, they were only getting paid $100 an episode, and B, this was probably the most profitable thing since toilet paper, uh, they asked Your socks for... smell like vinegar. Now my microphone smells like vinegar. <laughs> Whose fault is that? Um, Yours, because they... you don't wash your fucking feet. <laughs> I do wash them. I wash my socks. I don't want... Anyways, <laughs> they, they asked for more money. Because uh, they were only getting paid $100 an episode. They were doing all the fights. They were choreographing the fights. And they were doing all their own stunt work. And quote-unquote acting. Uh, and um, Shots fired again. And um, yeah, Haim Saban... Said no, you can go fuck yourself. You're replaceable. So uh, they replaced Trini, who played the Yellow Ranger, Jason, who played the Red Ranger, and Zach, who played the Black Ranger. With, Racist. With Adam, who played the Black Ranger, Rocky, who played the Red Ranger, and uh, Tanya, no Aisha, who played the Yellow Ranger. Um. So yeah, that that happened, and. Uh, if you actually go back and watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Season 2, you can see the point at which they were fired because A, they stopped doing the voice work, B, you stop seeing their faces, and C, you get a lot of stock footage. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but so yeah, Rocky was one of the people that replaced the original core team, and he then moved on to Power Rangers Zeo, where he became the Blue Ranger. Um, but yeah, no, Jason was the best Red Ranger. Mm-hmm. What, uh, in... Your opinion. What would you like this new Power Rangers movie to be? If they gave you full creative control over this, um, and it was your project, what would you do with it? Well, I would like to see a Power Rangers film not necessarily aimed at the demographic of 18- to 3-year-old people, like how the short film seems to do, and not to the 5- to 10-year-old demographic like the TV show did. Maybe not so much now, but did. Um... Wait, you would like that or you would not? I would not. I would like to see an in-between. If you can appeal to something from the 10 to 25-year-old crowd, 
you can have something be still lighthearted. You can have that energy. You can have that glee that comes with the Power Rangers series, like we had with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and still do something that's incredibly... I'm not going to use the word deep, but, you know, well thought out. Right. Um, that's probably what they'll try to do. See, and my issue here is it could be something incredibly entertaining. It could be something fantastic. You could have, you know, the fight scenes from Pacific Rim mashed together with the fight scenes from the Raid Redemption. Maybe not so hardcore, but, you know, fight I mean, you're not going to get production value like that because it's Lionsgate. It's going to be a small... It's not going to be like a tiny budget film, I'm sure, but it's going to be... Yeah. Although, oh, what oh. was Pacific Rim? Isn't that Lionsgate as well? What the fuck am that I talking Lionsgate, about? That was Lionsgate, yeah. Okay, so never mind. There you um, go. Hopefully, I'm hoping it's what what dread was to dread comic fans to judge yeah. dread comic fans <clears throat> is what i'm hoping power rangers will be to people growing up with power rangers but that puts it in an interesting place because granted i'm not saying it needs to be violent and people's heads need to explode i'm just saying right no but what i'm saying is like the the dread comics came from this place that would appeal to its core audience no matter what because yeah. its core audience is going to be over a certain age um power rangers if they want to bring it back to what it was and make it you know a household name not necessarily a household name but be appealing to multiple audiences multiple generations something like avengers or something like that i just don't know that the title is strong enough that it would get people to go see past the like initial like og nostalgia kind of thing you know what i mean yeah because it's not on the same wavelength uh, it's not on the same page as something like avengers that has comic books and things like that it's like to be fair though the argument could have been said for transformers or teenage mutant ninja turtles both of which were incredibly successful yeah Yeah. they were both shitty uh which i hope this is how successful was ninja turtles it i believe it made its money back which is beyond me because it looked like yeah but i wouldn't call that like wildly successful no but it's enough to probably warrant a sequel probably um but i'm hoping it does have something that walks a line between being not so much mature but being accessible so kind of like how how to train your dragon was because how to train your dragon was a family film it had adult Mm -hmm. themes in it it appealed to kids but it walked that line of being you know accessible i mean it's uh, it was like a did it really have adult themes yeah, people were murdered in that franchise. Yeah, people are murdered in Disney films. But I I would actually like to see a return to form to the five teenagers of attitude perspective. I mean, you can have... I mean, what it needs to be is think Mean Girls crossed with Pacific Rim, crossed with The Raid. You know what I would like to see them do? I would like to see them take three typical average kids... Um, and place them in a haunted mansion. And just by chance... Yeah, they would free a ghost, and then they'd be Power Rangers. <laughs> if you got that... No one knows what the fuck we're talking about. If you got that reference, about. I feel bad for you. A, they stopped listening 20 minutes ago. <laughs> we're at the 21-minute mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, Beetleborgs. When do you think the gritty Beetleborgs live-action movie? Oh, God, never. That should be never. Off Time Radio's first major production. We're gonna is purchase... a dark and gritty Beetleborgs fan film in the vein of that Power Rangers thing. I don't think we'd have the money to make the Beetleborgs costume. We'd probably have to go more along the lines of VR Troopers. <laughs> troopers 3. Virtual reality. 
God, that makes you feel really old, doesn't it? A lot of things make was, me feel really was, old, Michael. That was 20 years ago, Pino. Was it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... But no, I mean, something written by Joss Whedon would probably perform perfectly. I mean, he wouldn't do it, but hopefully you have something in the vein of that kind of writing style where it's, you know, very character-driven. You can have the five teens battle Lord Zed. Actually, that'd probably be more interesting. Lord Zed rather than Rita Repulsa. And at the end of it, give that big reveal that the sequel bait would be the appearance of the Green Ranger. Yeah. Yeah, they could do something like that. So I think you need to build that team first and then tear it apart with the Green Ranger. Because it's like, how do you do Rita Repulsa in a way that's not not ridiculous? Because Lord Zed was pretty damn terrifying. Like, I mean, it's a children's show, yes. But if you go back and look at Lord Zed, he was terrifying. You know what I noticed in this is not once throughout this uh, fan film did they call her Rita Repulsa. They just called her Rita. Yeah, they usually just called her Rita. Yeah, but I feel like... This is 20 years later, man. Like, give her her name. But it just sounds so ridiculous. Maybe they're going to do the DC approach and call her the Rita. The Rita, yeah. But only in passing. They're not going to call them the Power... They're not going to call them Power Rangers. They're going to call them the Rangers. Yeah, they probably will. Although they do that. Oh, that'd be be fine. I'd I'd be okay with that. See, and the thing about... The thing about the suit... That they had, I say singular because we only get to see a good look at it once for the Black Ranger, looked pretty, pretty god-awful. Yeah. Despite the high production well, it was like, despite, and that's why they didn't use them very much. Yeah, despite seeing a fucking Megazord fight yeah. for all of five seconds, which was awesome, uh, mm-hmm. we see a very bad-looking Black Ranger suit. Uh, which It looked... Uh, what? It looked like it was made out of cheap rubber. It, it did. looked like a latex costume. Which, which is, it surprises me that something of that kind of caliber production had such bad looking suits because they have a project called MMPR, which is another gritty fan reboot. Uh, which would it's a series. It's it was supposed to come out last year, but it didn't. I think they ran into some production issues, which is understandable because it's a fan film, and they have a lot of VFX shots to shoot. But it was a series called MMPR, and the suits for that look fantastic if you yeah, i'm sure you can google image that search real quick but those look fantastic they look like self-actualized things it's funny that you say that because i was literally thinking in my head and about to say it is in this thing they'll probably call it something like mmpr yeah and i have no idea what the fuck you're talking about so yeah i think i have a picture from one of their posters or maybe not oh okay here he is here's a poster for mmpr and um Here's a second. It's a leather jacket. Which is a suit. That's really cool. Yeah. But that, I mean, it's so far from the original design that it's almost unrecognizable. If I, I Well, if I saw that, I would be like, oh, it's a Super Sentai thing from Japan. Well, um, but I wouldn't connect I mean, it with, like, that's the Blue Ranger. It keeps, like, the diamond. It has a Triceratops horns. It has the same visor. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think that they would be able to get away with more in the reboot than they would be in the uh, fan film. Because I think he wanted to be a little bit more... Yeah. Accurate. What I think what'll probably happen is the suit will look like the Dark Knight suit, which I'm fine with. Because uh, do you mm. remember the suits from the movie? Because the suits from the movie actually were like plasteel armor. What, in Dark Knight? No, no, in Power Rangers the movie. Yeah. I know we're all trying to blank that from our minds, but it did happen. I, uh, I vaguely remember it. But, uh, oh, I'm looking at it right now. There's one Google image. Uh, yeah. 
I feel yeah, like that's, that's the, the kind of look that he wanted to go for in this uh, fan film thing. But, um... But failed. You know what really bummed me out? No fucking Alpha 5. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... But in this, he would have been, like, a malicious killbot <laughs> with, like, swords coming killbot out of his 5, tits. <laughs> um... He'd be like, ay, 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 and then, like, shoot his head, and it would become this, like, razor blade kind of looking drum <laughs> symbol. feel like battle bots yeah. all over again. <laughs> The Megazord fight happens at the end, and it's a battle bots. <laughs> um, no, but that that series MMPR, um, their first initial teaser trailer was it was a monologue by Lord Zed. Uh huh. And uh, the initial one had some voice actor, and he was good. But the second trailer, they did a reversion of it, and it was the same voice actor who played Zord Zed in the nineteen ninety series, and he still sounds pretty damn terrifying. Um, that was dark. That was gritty. You didn't really get to see a look at the Rangers, but. You got the overall tone of that, and I feel that is more in line with what I would expect. Because with this fan film that was just released, it seems like it gets to the point where they're not being dark and gritty for the sake of storytelling. They're being dark and gritty in spite of the original series. Yeah. Because uh, it seems like the Power Rangers, it can sometimes be laughable because it's so cheesy or it's so corny. This was so laughable. Because it was so over the top, mm-hmm. like it reached that point where it just jumped, the, jumped off the deep end, for being dark and gritty. I, I think it had a self awareness to it. I don't, I, I don't think he was trying to be all that serious with it. I think, I mean, not so much that it was like a joke per se, but it did seem over the top to the point that like it was funny. Yeah, yeah. At points, I mean, it's very well done, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but it did seem a little, it did seem like a little too much. Yeah. And I can't imagine them cutting that together and being like, oh yeah, we're going to go with this. I want one of those swords that is just a hilt and then becomes a sword. It's called a lightsaber, Pino. No, it's not because it was metal. It's called a lightsaber. It was like a metal Does saber. Does it have a hilt? Which would just be a saber. Does yeah. it have a hilt? You know, the things that they were fighting with at the end. Lightsaber hilt. Yeah. Okay, it was a lightsaber, but it wasn't made of fucking light. But um, they had a lot of neat throwbacks to the series. They mentioned the Blade Blasters, which was cool, but it was... They had a lot of fan service. It was basically 15 minutes of fan service. Yeah, for, that's exactly what... Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's it's worth checking out. Whether you like it, whether you dislike it, I'm rather indifferent towards it. Hopefully you um, could still check it out, because now it's apparently gone. Yeah, it might be. Uh, the director was actually launching a Twitter campaign. Like He's like, tell Saban and his lawyers to stop harassing me. I'm not making money off of this. I wanted to make this because I wanted to make it. He was—he actually doesn't like Power Rangers, which I find hilarious. Really? Yeah. Then why dir- did he do it? The director was like, I don't like Power Rangers. I don't want to make a film. If they offered me a million dollars to make the film, I wouldn't do it. I don't want to make a TV series of it. I don't want to continue this project. I just want to make this and then be done with it and Well, then why did he on. want to make that, though? I don't know. These are the things that he needs to say in interviews because that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. He's like, I fucking hate Power Rangers, but I made this thing that took, like, six months of my life. Well, I mean, like, Michael Bay obviously hates Transformers. I mean, well, why Michael else would Bay he part the canon like that? human beings. You know, what if it turns out that Michael Bay is actually some real big artistic genius, and this whole time that he, he was, was just doing art. a satire? Like, he was doing a satire. Like, he was just trying to, like, ha-ha, I got the last laugh. He's just like, yeah, hey, man, I just made these... Horrible movies, and you all went to see them like 12 times a piece. You know how much money those movies fucking make? Too much. 
the the fourth one that recently came out actually had like a smaller budget in comparison to the other two. Like the budget was a quarter of the size. It was nominated of the third one. for an Academy Award. It was nominated for all the Academy Awards. All of them. It was submitted for all of them. It was Holy fuck! I remember seeing that in like November. Yeah, I remember seeing it on Crack.com like a week ago. Got it. I remember I saw that and I literally I just put my phone down and I curled up in the fetal position and wanted to die for a good five minutes. Yeah. And but, then you did. Yep. And, and then I there did. was no more Michael. Yeah, and the world was a better place. It's all been wet a workshop since then. <clears throat> I can do anything. Except save the Hobbit films. Those movies look astoundingly bad for the budget they have. The first one was... Uh, no comment. It was because he shot it at... 48 frames a second. It's the future. Is that Michael. why everything looks half as good? It makes everything look weird and soap opera-y. It makes it look sped up. It does. But that's exactly what it is. They have to slow it down digitally to make it look... I just don't... Why? It's the future. Why? Why? Actually, I heard, and I did not see it in 3D, but the whole thing was it smooths out the 3D. Does it? Yeah. Does 3D... Does it Does it fix the 3D so it doesn't look like you're looking through a pane of glass in the winter smothered in Vaseline? I don't know. It's just if you have to fix the what 3D by making the film look like shit, then just don't put it in 3D. Actually, just don't put it in 3D anyway because it doesn't yeah. add anything to the fucking 3D's experience what nine is it times with, out of ten. What is it like with every time I go to a, a cinema that has 3D and I always get the one pair of glasses that has, like, gunky shit on it? Like That's just because nobody likes you. There's just, like, this built-up gunk residue on it, which I imagine is cleaner, but I imagine you're supposed to, like, wipe that off. Nah, man, why? Which makes me really happy when I go to certain theaters and they just give you the disposable ones. God, that really sucks that I'm wishing for the shitty disposable plastic ones rather than the high-quality ones mm-hmm. with gunky shit all over them. God damn it. Yeah, well... I think the one film that actually looked good in 3D was Jurassic Park. What do you mean gunky shit? It's like like gunky shit. Look, like it looks like someone smeared peanut butter all over the fucking lens. in your face. Yeah, in that's exactly theater. what it is. But um, but no, actually, when I saw they re-released Jurassic Park in theaters in 3D, they did. Um, which was one of the best cinematic experiences of my life. Probably not due to the 3D. Probably because it was just good to see Jurassic Park in theaters. Right? Yeah. Why can't we just re-release old films in theaters? I would... Sp- they did I it would... with Star Wars. N- they did Phantom Menace. Which, no, they which, did no, it doesn't, before which the it, prequels. Which they... it, doesn't, it doesn't qualify it because um, that wasn't a movie. Phantom Menace wasn't a movie. Well, it doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't count. No, they re-released the, the originals. With, um, in before, 1997. Yeah. yeah. I remember when that. They did the special I believe editions. I saw them in theaters. Really? Yeah. How was that? Were you pissed off when Han shot first? I think I was proud... Oh, well, I Han was, shot second? I was extremely, extremely young, and I barely remember even seeing them. I just remember it being a thing that had happened, so I don't think I was... I, I probably didn't know, know that... Han headshot first. Did you see Actually, the, Han was the only person that was supposed to fucking shoot. Did you see the Phantom Menace in theaters? Yes. Because that was I a did. couple years after. How was that? Um, Honestly, don't remember. Don't remember a goddamn part of that movie in theaters. Like, honest to God, I remember everything leading up to it. I remember all of the promotional campaigns. I remember Dr. Pepper... Uh, releasing like a line of Star Wars cans and everybody collecting them, thinking that they were going to be worth millions one day. Um, you know, I actually I still have the Halo Three Mountain Dew can in my fridge back in Hawaii. Do you? I, st- I still do. Yeah, 
Um, they did the same thing for Spider-Man. I think I might have actually collected the Spider-Man cans and then drank them eventually. It was just like, fuck it, I'll go buy a new one. <laughs> and then, I just want to talk And immediately pepper. after drinking it, he realized they were going for $50 a can on eBay. Yeah, seriously. Um, but no, I, I do not have a single memory of saying the Phantom Menace in theaters. It's probably I better. remember seeing the poster of, of young Anakin Skywalker um, in his shadow being dark yeah Vader. i remember seeing that too and i remember wanting I to remember look owning for that. it that but i i believe i had that too um god i remember when they when uh fucking i think it was jack in the box had star wars the phantom menace toys which normally when you have like a big franchise like that like i know why jack in the box why we didn't even box? have jack in the box in florida but like, I mean, and they, they had like have them in like northern florida but we didn't have any around us they had like the shittiest jack in the box toys too they had they had one where it was a plastic globe of naboo and you can click it open, and I think there's a clock. They have, they have another one. It was a one. clock? It was a clock. The toy was a fucking was clock. A clock? That was they, the Happy they, Meal they had toy? Another one. They had another one. It was even worse. It was, uh, It was. you know when you have, um, it's like four cubes connected by a string that have pictures on the side of it, and you can, like, do something that flips the cubes over, and it's a different picture? Uh-huh. Yeah, it had that, that, and it was a bank. You know what coin kids bank. like, man? Coin bank. Telling time. And saving, saving money. money. <laughs> they oh. were marketed towards like fifty-year-old men that <laughs> that were trying to uh, Star Wars. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this Star Wars-themed hedge fund. That's what kids like, right? <laughs> we'll sell them government bonds. Oh, They're time. very into trade negotiation. It's time to take my pillow again. I guess. In retrospect, it all makes sense that it does. that was all part of George's plan. It does. You remember? You remember? I remember when I was a kid watching that movie and like every time being just bored shitless the entire time they're on Coruscant. Who yeah. was that fucking made for? No one. Literally, no one. It was not made for human consumption. <laughs> um, I remember yeah being so excited and then being so bored and trying to watch it later. I remember going to Virginia one time in high school with a couple of my friends. We drove up because a friend of ours he had like a, his family had a house uh, in Virginia, which actually means HIV <laughs> if you think about it. Um, but uh, we went up there and we rented all the prequels because this was right before Revenge of the Sith was about to come out, and we wanted to rewatch them and like. Why would you do that? This is going to be the good one. Everybody thought that. Everybody thought maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Just maybe. And then it was like, no. Yeah. I. uh... But I remember watching Phantom Menace again for the first time in years. And just, like, I almost falling asleep. Just being like, what the hell is this? This is 45 minutes worth of nothing in the first act. And then, like, you get a pod race, and you're like, all right, that's, uh... I remember the video game. I remember the N64 video game with pod racing. That was fun. This movie's not, but that was. It was. Um, I, yeah, I remember being in arcades and never being able to play the fucking thing. Because they didn't give you a steering wheel like you would imagine a game like that would have. They gave you the two... Yeah, uh, they gave you, like... It the was two like levers. A, it's like driving a boat. It's like driving a boat, which driving a boat is not fucking fun. And when you're doing it allegedly 300 miles an hour, it's just a mess. Anakin Skywalker, smear on the dirt in Tatooine. But 
No, I actually, I did recently try to watch the Phantom. I even tried to watch the Phantom edit, because I figured it'd probably be easier to consume than I the Phantom I recently tried doing that, too, and then... I still can't it wasn't do it. Even, it wasn't even out of boredom that I... Actually, it was out of boredom, but not because the thing was bad. I was just like, I don't, I don't care I, about this. I tried watching, on three separate occasions, the Phantom edit, because, you know, it'd be better than the Phantom Menace. I tried on three separate occasions, and every time I stopped it about 15 minutes in, and I could not handle it. I could not handle it. Yeah. Nah, I just... Eh, I don't even care anymore. Those See, movies. I, and the people that try to save it and salvage it, like the Phantom Edit, and I guess fucking... Um, what is his name? Topher Grace apparently has this giant epic Star Wars edit where they're all one movie, but it's really? only two and a half hours long. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You just cut out all of the prequels? Which I... In theory, I feel like I might want to watch that at some point, but A, I don't know Topher Grace and can't go to his house. Um, and I'm B, sure I'm just like, out. I feel like if I, uh, I don't think it was released online. Um, I, I feel like if it was presented to me, I'd be like, yeah, this is going to be great. And then be like, yeah, I, don't, I really don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> just don't. I've seen them all, like, plenty of times. I don't need to watch the bad ones again. Then again, if someone came up to you and was like, all right, listen, I have a two-and-a-half-hour cut of the Dark Knight trilogy, but it has all the deleted Heath Ledger scenes in it as well. I'd probably be like, yeah, I really want to watch that. Then 20 minutes in, when it's still Batman Begins, I'd be like, Ugh. I mean, <laughs> the 20, the, 20 minutes at the end when it's Dark Knight Rises. Eventually. I'll see it. <laughs> this, this is going up on YouTube or... Live leak or something. I don't know. But no, there. I think there was a singular good thing to come out of the prequel trilogies for me, and those are Republic Commando series. Uh, because that was a very Tom Clancy look at what the Clone Wars was. Because unlike the television series on Cartoon Network, which was very bad, um, the little mini series was good. The mini series was good with the same artist as Samurai Jack. That was very enjoyable. The first series was five minutes an episode. Which was easy to consume and very, very disappointing. I remember I would legitimately run home from school, go straight to my friend's house, turn the TV on, we'd watch that five minutes, and then be like, all right, now what? <laughs> yeah. But, um... But, yeah. No, I... God. We have not had a good Star Wars film since 1983. Right. That was 12 years before I was born, Pino. Mm-hmm. You were already 52. I was. So, J.J. Abrams. masturbating in the theater. Speaking of masturbating in the theater, I am 90% sure that there was somebody jerking off like behind us when we were watching Kingsman the other day. Really? I don't know why I forgot that up until right this moment. But I just heard, I kept hearing like the entire time, it was like... Oh no, wait, that was me. Yeah, no, that was me. That could go on for hours, <laughs> but no. Um, you know, yeah, there was, there was there actually was a public masturbator behind us. That was actually 17 minutes, and he just cut it down in the podcast. <laughs> uh, he did edit that out, but um, I did not hear that. I was too focused on the film. It's something actually just recently came out about Kingsman that a VFX company in England. There's an entire sequence where they spent like days upon days um, making Michael Caine look 40 years younger in VFX. 
which uh, it was Why? on it was on Twitter. I guess there was a whole scene where when Michael Caine and then they deleted it. Yeah, they can del- you imagine? Can you imagine if you worked there and like that was months of your fucking life, and then they're just like, nah, not gonna use it. But I do. I want- fucking kill everyone. But I, I do want to see what this scene is like now, um, because I'm very interested. Because they have a picture of Michael Caine looking 40 years younger. And it's so, it's not off-putting, but it's like, my God, like, that's Michael Caine. And 40 years younger. Yeah. Did he even exist 40 years ago? No. I thought he just, like, he came out and he was who he is now. Yeah. Which is awesome. Just climbed out of a vagina. Being Michael Caine. All old. This is called blank air. What are you even doing I'm looking up the picture of Michael Caine being 40 years younger. You could just look up a picture of Michael Caine 40 years ago. No, but the way they made it in the movie. You don't understand. It's a thing. Okay, well, while Michael does that, everybody, um, let's all just sit around and wait. It's okay, you're going to edit this I'm not going to edit this. (laughs) All right, I'll look for it later. No, just fucking look for it. I'll edit it. Or not. I don't know. People don't (laughs) listen to this. It gives a fuck. Well, we'll link it on Facebook or something. (laughs) I I can't find it. That'll be the picture this week. Michael Caine 40 years ago. Yeah. But but no, um, Power Rangers. Yay. Cool. Star Wars nay. Uh, what else happened this week? Well, this past week, you saw it. I didn't. Um, the Red Hood Gang, quote unquote. Sort of. Sort of. A maybe. gang with a red hood appeared on Gotham. I did not hate this episode of Gotham. No, actually. no, no. No, no, no. Back up. We were talking last night, and you said I know, and you put it on. You fifty percent hated the episode. Yeah, no, I and I did not completely hate this episode. Is what I said, isn't it? Is that not you, what I said? You said you said fifty so percent hate is not completely hating the episode. That would be a hundred percent hate. You said I fifty percent could not give a shit about this episode. And here's the problem with Gotham: is it wants to be Game of Thrones, but it's not because it's not. You don't have to jump around. And you know what else? With Game of Thrones, there'll be episodes where you don't jump to every storyline. With this, it feels like they need to check in with everybody so you don't forget who they are. Like literally, okay. In this episode, the Red Hood Gang, or whatever it's called. The Red Hood thing. Um, it's called that one gang where the one guy has a red bag over his head. Right. The gang. More or less. In Gotham. Um, in Gotham City. There is an Fox. entire segment that takes up 15 minutes of the episode of Penguin in the Iceberg Lounge trying to get alcohol. You mean booze. Booze is what they say. And it really bothered me. Because in this scene... He's talking to, uh, I don't even know who the guy is, one of Boss Maroney's people or something. If I actually watched the show on a regular basis, I would know who it was, I'm sure. But Penguin is now running the Iceberg Lounge, correct? Um, people that watch Gotham probably already know that. Now, they said, well, we ran out of alcohol, Mr. Penguin. What are we going to do? He's like, we ran out of booze? How does a bar run out of booze? Um... And they're like, I don't know, we just don't have any booze. And then the other guy comes in, and he's like, Boss Maroney doesn't like you, and he doesn't want to give you any booze. And they literally say the word booze 4,000 times. In the th- You would think that there was only one word in the English language to refer to an alcoholic beverage of some sort. Oh, yeah, it's booze. And then, Robin Lord Taylor, God bless him, at the end of it, he just kind of flips his shit, and he's like, you know what? There's other places to get alcohol. 
But he said it in such a way that makes Ty- me think like Tyler Pino just flipped his shit and knocked the computer over. I knocked the microphone over. Uh, it led me to believe that that was not in the script, and he was just like, "Why are they making me say the word fucking booze so many times? It sounds ridiculous." And I think this this boils back down to the writing because I remember watching that first episode, and they had to drill in the point that he was Edward Nigma. Like they had to drill that home. Like get to the point, Nigma. Stop with the puzzles, Nigma. Nigma, why are you so weird, Nigma? Nigma, what's Quit your with puzzle? the weird riddles? Riddle. I mean, Nigma. <laughs> it was. Shmegma. I feel like I feel like it's an insult to the audience at this point. Yeah. Um, what, what was it? However, you said? What, was, what is it you said you put on Facebook or I put on Facebook? You put on Twitter. I did put um, it on Twitter. You, you took said, something completely out of context. I did not take it out of the context. That was the correct context. No, it wasn't. Yes. Yeah, so, all right. Fine. Explain the context. The context was I said there has to be a lot of studio involvement because. There, it just there doesn't seem like professional writers would be making calls like they are. In I believe they you, would I not believe, structure it the way that they're structured. I believe the it. term you said is, "I can't believe there are this many writers that are this incompetent." It no. has to be studio involvement. That's no, because that makes me that, that makes it sound I was putting it on the writers. I'm not putting it on the writers. I don't think that the writers are bad because there are moments of brilliance in this show. However. There's just so much going on where it's just like the episodes don't like the structure of the episodes. They're problematic to me. They're not problematic to anyone else because this is a very successful show. I mean, I like Constantine, and that just got canceled. So, what's uh, that say? Yeah, what does that tell me about? You it know, didn't get canceled. We'll we'll get back to that. It later. probably got canceled. However, I mean, maybe not. We'll, we'll, talk about we'll get back to it later. <laughs> Continue. I don't even know where I was anymore because now you're putting words in my mouth. Letter staff. No, the writers are fine. It's just the way that the overall narrative of this tale, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's completely lackadaisical. It's just, I don't understand why they would jump around the way that they're jumping around other than the studio executives being like, oh, Game of Thrones is really popular and that's what they do. But like I was saying before, there are episodes that you don't just visit characters on Game of Thrones to remind you that they exist. There's always something going on that forwards the plot in some way in 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 this the last two episodes that i saw they're literally just entire segments that do nothing at all i remember seeing. however i did like the red hood stuff i'll tell you why we had an argument about this on twitter we did but you didn't even see the episode and you still haven't seen the episode okay what happened was i was having a conversation with someone in one of my classes he's in my news writing class and we were talking about gotham and after you mentioned about how well the uh, Flying, Flying Grayson's episode was... Um, Which it was. Yeah, I was talking to him and saying that, you know, I might want to give the show another shot. I might want to watch it. Maybe it's like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where it just took an entire season to get good. Um, so, you know, maybe I'll go and watch it. Because they do have legitimately interesting things like the Flying Grayson's. Yeah. And he told me, well, you know, I have friends that watch the show and I haven't got back into it because they said that it just progressively got worse and worse uh in fact they handled the red hood gang this past episode but they didn't so i immediately went to my phone mm-hmm. i went on youtube and i typed in red hood yeah gotham sure and i saw a two-minute featurette of some douchebag wearing a red bag over his head and they referred to it as the red hood gang they specifically did not refer to themselves as the red hood gang but no. ben mckenzie um, and uh actor who plays Donald Lowe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. The thing is, 
the story, as it were, is of a group of um, bank robbers. One of them um, decides kind of out of the blue that he wants to spice things up, and he has this stupid-looking bag that he puts over his head, um, which happens to be red. Uh, when he puts this mask on, he gains a little bit of confidence and charisma, um, which is a theme that is heavily explored all throughout the Batman mythos. But he, he uh, they rob the bank. He's being very, very good with the clientele, the, the people that he's holding up. He's saying, you know, it's not the bank. It's not your money that I want. It's the bank's money that I want. And he ends up, like, throwing a bunch of the money out to, to people um, and gaining this reputation as this Robin Hood-type character. Then... Um, Later on, they decide that whoever wears the hood or whatever is going to be the leader, and there's a confrontation, this guy gets shot, and then the other guy takes the hood. He's not very good with it, um, and he kind of fucks things up, and then it's just this whole plot about them all fighting for the mask because they think that it has some sort of special quality. But... At no point in this episode was this trying to retcon anything about the Alan Moore story or the original Red Hood story before Alan Moore with a joke or anything. It did not touch on that at all. And the reason that I appreciated it is by the end of the episode, and I think it could have been handled a lot better had it been given more time and we didn't have to keep jumping to the penguin in his fucking booze. Booze. Um, booze. Where am I gonna get booze? booze for gotham if it had a little bit more time we could have uh, had a really really good little story about them creating this almost mythic character who serves as this robin hood figure that doesn't actually exist and it would give the mob later on impetus to resurrect that identity um when doing the whole joker shenanigans it did not alter the story it added to it and that's what i think that a show like gotham really should do as opposed to going around and changing the origin all over the place, you don't need to because you've put it far enough in the past that nothing really even fucking matters. It's yeah, it's basically Prometheus. It's all irrelevant. Yeah, in the end. more or less. Um, my issue with this is the connotation that they created for the Red Hood Gang. They made the Red Hood Gang out to be this Robin Hood esque merry band of bank robbers, I guess. Um. Who are supposed to, you know, I guess, not necessarily fighting for the people, they're fighting for themselves, but the people perceive them as heroes, you know, stealing from the rich, giving to the poor, so, you know, of course they're going to like them. Mm -hmm. And the Red Hood Gang is not kind of characters you want to like. But what is the Red Hood Gang in your mind? The Red Hood Gang is a people who gave a, a defenseless chemical worker a chance to get money. But no, that's the thing is that it wasn't they were never called the Red Hood Gang. The reason that they that like that, that that's not even a thing that existed pre New Fifty Two. They used that um, identity to make it look like he was the leader. That way, if the heat went down, which it did, they would he attack him. Yeah, yeah. But which it had nothing to do with like that. It didn't even have an identity. It was just like they want to give this guy a mask to make him look like a masked crime fighter. Um, but the Red Hood didn't exist anywhere before that. It didn't have any sort of characterization. Which is why it surprised me. I'm like, well, why do you even care? Oh. You fuck. It just, it just pisses me off. Yeah. It, it pisses me off that they would involve... It It was... I can see what you're saying, and I can understand that, but it's... If you're going to do a Red Hood storyline, I don't want the first image in people's minds to be this episode. Tough. 
like, oh yeah, you know, Mr. Freeze, people don't think Batman the Animated Series, people think Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure, but that's just, I mean... It's, you have a beautiful, wonderful thing, and you bog it down by something that just reaches the lowest common denominator of people, and that's what it'll be known for. That's called Hollywood. It is. It's actually called New York, sir. Um, well, it's a New York place production. that we will never, ever, ever have a job. <laughs> <laughs> because you cannot stop shitting on the tongue that feeds. I hear the Americans really gr- is really great. I saw them filming outside my school. I don't know what that is. They film Gotham outside of your school, too. They do. Yeah. But. I just, I want, I want, I want be better. Then the other major subplot of this week's episode um, dealt with a character called uh, what was his name? Reginald Payne. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Fish Mooney plot because I know no. how much you love that one. She ripped her eyeball out. That was her big thing. That was her whole thing this week. She ripped her eyeball out. Fuck her. Um, there's a character called Reginald Payne who, as far as my research indicates, is a character from the Thomas the Tank Engine franchise. <laughs> That's literally, I, w- I looked all over the internet, I was like, I've never heard of Reginald Payne, but that's not necessarily, I mean, Batman's fucking 75 years worth of comic books, I don't know every character off the top of my head, especially if they're going to dig deep, but this is a complete new thing, or they're just referencing Thomas Tank Engine for no reason, and he was I like, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, this, this incarnation of Alfred, it's uh, the model that they're going for, uh, and it seems to be what they're going to be doing in the Ben Affleck movie as well. They're going for the uh, Batman of Earth-1 origin, where Alfred... I mean, he's always kind of been a military, ex-military, but in this one, that's his only thing. He was never really a butler. He just kind of falls into that because he knows the Wayne family and ends up wanting to take care of Bruce. Um, So he's really more military man than he is a domestic. But in this, uh, he has a friend from uh, the military come and stay with them who just shows up at their house, and he's kind of like this vagrant-esque person. Um, And Bruce insists that they let him stay because he's a friend of Alfred's, and he ends up fucking him over. And it was... The acting was great. I like the Alfred in this. I do, and we haven't really got to see him do a lot. Um, But... Again, it like just fell back on the big twist at the end was that he's been hired by the Wayne Corporation because Bruce has found out that the Wayne Corporation has their hands in all kinds of dirty things, and he tells them to cut that shit out, and they're like, no, you're just a little boy. And uh, he's like, yes, but I'm a little boy who owns this company or something. And um, my whole problem with that storyline is he's already Batman, right? He's like literally just... Batman, but he's not big enough to fight crime yet. Um, And that, I don't think that a 10-year-old Bruce Wayne would be that. He needs to be troubled, and he needs to lash out and stuff. He needs to be fucked up. He just had his parents killed, and now he's just like, "Ah, I'm over it. I'm going to go fix the world. Master Wayne, I'd hate to tell you this, but... Wayne Enterprises is now partners with Fox Television. 20th Century Fox. No! No, Alfred, it can't be. I like the kid. I mean, he's a very good actor. Get, get in bed with Lex Luthor, anything but that. <laughs> we're, uh, we're not going to partner with true evil. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, it, is, it is fair at this point, because now not only has Fox irreparably destroyed the Marvel Universe with 
X-Men Origins Wolverine, but now they've done the same thing to DC, so mm-hmm. we're even. But, but you see, when we're actually It's not talking, Birds of Prey. It's... And so I'll give it that. Go watch Birds of Prey, and then we'll talk. <laughs> the other Batman show without Batman in it. And see, you know, I always, always tell people, like, no, but people are always like, no, but it's awesome, because it's like, you, you get to see um, Gotham City from, like, a regular, like, a cop's person point of view, and I'm like, go watch Batman Year One, and then go read Gotham Central. Well, and that's the thing, is we were talking about that the other night, is I feel like whoever came up with the idea for this show that's probably for. wanted to do Gotham Central. Um, they pitched it to the network. The network said, well, we can't do that. We need to have... We can't have Batman in it. Well, but in Gotham Central, Batman would barely be in it at all. But he was I, in it. But in this, they have the character Bruce Wayne, who features prominently. They have Alfred. They have Catwoman and all the kinds of other stuff. Um, I feel like it, for some reason, they felt like it would be a safer bet. However, I just... It, it tries to do too many things. If you cut out all of the subplots and just made it about Gordon and... Uh, uh, the, the Gotham Police Department. It would be a very good show. Just focus it. Just yeah, please focus it. Needs it needs yeah. focus, and that's what it lacks. Um, get rid of all of the other crap. You don't need it. No, you don't understand. Game of Thrones is really successful, so they have to do that. Yeah, right. You know, Where we are the we dragons were, in Gotham? We were also talking that people were still being casted for the show, and the show is still being only filmed. Like it's it's still filming its first season, mm-hmm. which is it seems to be a very interesting production. Yeah, which is weird because. The show is coming out on a weekly basis, and they're still filming it. No. I mean, maybe that's normal. I don't necessarily know, but it doesn't I, seem like it because other I don't shows think they so. film. No, they're like in done advance. months yeah. in advance, and maybe maybe the issues that we have with the show, maybe the whole reason why it's so unfocused or you know tonally inconsistent, is because rushed. they are rushing production, and maybe yeah. that's why in those first couple episodes, like I made the comment where it just visually it looks so flat it looks so flat and it right. looks so dull because i've worked on film sets before where you film something not because you want to make something that looks beautiful and not because you want to make quality work but you have to literally get it done so that it makes sense right and maybe that's what they're doing maybe that's why you know certain times it looks uninspired or not pretty and other times it looks very pretty and you know beautiful sure but it, it could just be the pacing issue is because what they're filming is, and what they put into each episode is literally all they have. Uh-huh. So hopefully, if it gets a second season, they'll have a little more time. They'll be able to film something like a full season in advance, and it'll be more focused. I, please, well, part of that please, is, God, I, well, you know what that be might be. Um, Fox ordered additional episodes for this season. They did. Uh, Wait, so that again? Could be, no, not again, oh, okay. but in the first place. So it could be that... <laughs> <That's> order, <you> know, <laughs> they, they ordered an additional 12, and now they're ordering an additional additional 12. But, like, uh, 12 episodes is a lot. Um, so yeah. that, that that could have something to do with it. But I don't know. It, it just seems so strange that, yeah, this far into the game, they're still shooting and still casting. Yeah. Um, but what are you going to do? I think that it, I would really like to see a, like a flash forward of what the show happens to be like in its second season. I really want this. Sh- see, at this point, I'm holding out that this show becomes so insanely popular because this is all that's going to happen. It becomes so insanely popular oh, that they is, can spin dude. off Gotham Central, and you can legitimately make Gotham Central. I don't necessarily know that they would do that. Please do it. Please. Do but it. please do it. I do think that the popularity uh, will 
give them a lot more leverage to make it better. Because, like I said, these aren't bad writers. They're writers under... Under bad corporations. Under duress, yes. Under, uh, They're writers under Fox. circumstances. But uh, I think that now that it's become this huge, huge thing, they'll have a little bit more confidence. They'll be able to play around with it more. They don't have to revisit every character every episode. They don't have to be like, oh, we have to have Bruce Wayne in it. We have to have little Catwoman in it because they're in the movies. Like if, Everybody if- knows the movies. They'll be able to actually just do good writing. I mean, just make shit. Like, just be creative. I hope that's for God's sake. I really hope that's the case. We always do this when we're talking about Gotham. I try to be civil. Or not even pull me down to this place. (laughs) Sorry. At least Gian's not here. Or not even be creative. Just do something that doesn't feel so incredibly bland. Is the wrong word. I'm not gonna say bland. It's just it feels very. That's exactly what it is because it's network television, and they have to be—they have to try to appeal to just fucking everyone. Because I mean, Constantine. I mean, Constantine. A look where it got the show, but B, it was so innovative in that it pushed the envelope of the morality you can walk on television, the morality you can walk for the protagonist, and it did it so incredibly well that it produced this amount of intrigue that was unfathomable, especially beyond network TV like that. And with Gotham, for as dark and morally ambiguous as a city like that should be it's a very black and white show yeah which is so unfitting and unbecoming of what it should be so and i mean jeff gordon like ben mckenzie he's great but i said jeff gordon jim gordon why did that sound wrong but (laughs) not completely wrong (laughs) jim gordon because it was a person, <laughs> it was a real but person. it was the wrong person. <laughs> Jim Gordon is someone who recognizes that Gotham City is a cesspool, and you can't be this extreme paragon of moral fortitude that Batman is. You have to be willing to get your hands dirty, and you have to be willing to play the side of the game. You have to be willing to play the Game of Thrones. Because in the Game of Thrones, Stop you win or you Stop saying that. They're listening right now. And they'll be like, we're doing it right. <laughs> But um, but no, and Jim Gordon is someone who recognizes that, and I feel that's the literally the exact opposite of what he's they're doing in Gotham. Ned Stark right now. Yeah, he's very Ned Stark. I think he that, is that Ned could Stark. be what the, he's Ned Starking all over the place. At the end of the first season, he's gonna be decapitated. I think what it could be, Spoiler and alert. what they could still potentially do. So if they choose to do so, is that would be his character arc. He. Starts out as this goody two-shoes. He starts out as Batman thinking, you know, there's only one way to do things. And over time, he doesn't crumble, and he doesn't give in, but he realizes that, you know, there are other ways that you have to do it in order to work in a city like this. Yeah, but we I, I was talking to Pino last night, and we were saying what I really, really wish that they had done with the show is, again, made it Gotham Central. Just... For God's sakes, make an episode. Make an eth- make an episode that's Gotham Central. You don't have to recast anyone. Well, yeah, maybe recast a couple people. But instead of being Jim Gordon, make Ben McKenzie Detective Driver from the Major Crimes Unit. Because he would be an excellent Detective Driver. For Jim Gordon, you don't have to see him in the forefront. But get Brian Cranston. You can do it. Get, get Brian Cranston. Have him be Jim Gordon. Just have him do like two or three scenes. Have him in the background because he was... It'd be wonderful. It would be wonderful. And just have an episode set in Gotham City for fuck's sake. Yeah. Because none of these episodes, well, none that I've seen, have been in Gotham City. Well, what's funny is like it's called Gotham. However, 
You're, it's not it, Gotham. Well, it has nothing to do with Gotham. Like, it's just where it happens to be set. Like, with a Gotham, title like that, you Gotham would think city that it was entity. about the city. Yeah. But it's not. And I wouldn't say that their Gotham City is wrong. It's just that you don't get to see it enough. You don't... It's all character-driven, and it's all... Character-driven. Well, yeah, but they're all the traditional characters at that. It's like, it has to be about Penguin and Bruce Wayne and all of these people. I'm like, but if you're going to call your show... If you're going to do that, just make fucking Batman. Why? Because it's what you obviously want to do anyway. So just do a fucking Batman TV show. But don't do these, like, half-measure bullshit things that... It's like okay, we're gonna have one foot in and one foot out, and we're gonna be wishy washy about I'm it. it all about. I you don't understand, Pino. You can't do Batman on TV. That's never worked in the past. Ever. Just give me '60s Batman again. Some days you just can't get rid of a studio. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so fine with that. Just a cheesy, horrible, horrible, but traditional Batman show. Fine. You know, you know what the thing is? If this move networks, it would probably be, like, 50 times better. Yeah, but it won't because it's successful. And, again, it's like any... I just picture people at Fox listening to this and being like, fuck you. We're doing really well right now. Yeah. Uh, we don't give a shit about quality. Why don't you We're go not money? watch Constantine because all of your advice does not pay off. Yeah, no shit. I, yeah. But, you know... It God forbid matter. someone at a TV studio wants to make something quality. And I feel like Hashtag everybody... The slap. I feel a bit... <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that. That doesn't... That doesn't exist. Hashtag save the How slap. How can she slap? <laughs> I hate it. I, I have no connection to the show whatsoever. It did nothing to me. <laughs> But I hate that it exists. I <laughs> fucking your hate testicle. it. But okay. But anyways, we now were the... talking about Constantine, and uh, it's not canceled yet. From what I understand, didn't order more episodes. They did not order more episodes, but we knew that months ago. From what I understand, um, the producers and writers of Constantine will be pitching their ideas for the second season to NBC executives in early May. Well, what's interesting about this is the episodes have been doing increasingly better as time has gone on, so maybe that'll give them a little bit more leeway. And it was also put into this position that was a little bit unusual in that it came in as like a mid-season replacement type deal. The studio, they didn't seem to really even know what they wanted from it. They were just like, you know... um, we want a comic book property. Hey, but I hear that if this you is think the about third it from the other perspective, <laughs> right? Out of the, those three characters, if you think about it from that point of view, it would also give NBC more impetus to leave it on just to save face. Because right now you have Gotham doing extremely well. You have The Flash and uh, Arrow doing extremely well. Now, NBC, do they really want to be the one network that fucked up a sure thing? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> They're the one company that <laughs> can't do superheroes and make a shit ton of money. So, there's well, that. I think, I think the thing is, people don't even know that Constantine is a DC property. Yeah, that's true. They're like, where's Keanu Reeves? Yeah. But, oh god, yeah. <laughs> but just, if, if, if literally, if all it is to do is to save face, do it. Because you will see the show... 
needs it needs to yeah. go places. Bitch ass motherfuckers at NBC, listen here. You really want to look like that pussy ass bitch, bitch? They heard it. That's gonna do it. <laughs> motherfuckers. But but no, Constantine. It's it's a show where. Unlike The Flash... Well, I mean, I, I take it back. I, originally, when The Flash came out, I made a comment saying, it's really good, but I feel like this is all it's going to go. Like, this is this is where it's at. They just got a spinoff of that. But with Constantine, it has the possibility to go so many places, so many unexpected places. I've since revised my opinion on that. Constantine can go a great many places, more so than any other DC show on te- on television right now. But the Flash can go places too, and we've seen. Well, I've seen what they can do with Flashpoint at this point. I know they they seem to literally just be doing Flashpoint right now, and we were talking about this the other day too. Oh my God, I really wish that that would happen. Just do Flashpoint and just have alternate fucking Thomas Wayne Batman. And I think the reason why Flash is so successful is because they're they're following the source material, which is what neither they got Gorilla Grodd on fucking television on a live action TV show. Yeah, which is which which is what neither Gotham or Arrow are doing, which is following the source material. So I, I just don't understand the goal. <laughs> and what I love. I don't understand the goal behind television. They, well, they're embracing the cheese. But that is the perfect example of the uh, dark of, and gritty of a show just going for it. Gotham needs to just fucking go for it and embrace the fucking world of it all. Don't try to be halfway in two different worlds. Don't try to do two things because it's not working. Although it is, so I don't even know why I'm still talking. Jesus Christ! Fuck you, holler. It's it's one of those things where it's. Mm. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't. I'm not even gonna try to understand television anymore. Apparently, the rules of filmmaking and the rules of television are two completely separate things. Because in filmmaking, oh, I mean, they absolutely are. You, in filmmaking, you can make a really beautiful, good product, and people will recognize that. Transformers. <laughs> and if you make something that's just utter shit, people will know utter shit, and they'll still know it's utter shit, but it will make money. In television, it seems to work the opposite way. You can make something really good. That pushes the envelope and it'll get no recognition whatsoever. And you can make utter shit and it'll just be revered and still make a lot of money. And it's, it's, I wouldn't say Gotham is revered. and It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, maybe I was wrong. Anyway. it's enough about Gotham. Do we have anything else? Do you want to just call it it's late? I don't know. How long we got? We're an hour 12. We're fine. Gotham. In a world of Power Rangers versus Gotham, Power Rangers wins. Does it? It really does. Actually, Power Rangers, the new season is on now. I don't know if I've talked about that yet. Um, Power Rangers Dino Charge. Again, bringing it back to the dinosaur themes. It feels really nice. The original producer of the series came back, Judd Lin, who produced Mighty Morphin through Time Force, I believe. So it has this nice energy that Power Rangers used to have and what the last ten seasons of it have not had. And it's what Super Mega Force lacked because Super Mega Force just felt not only incredibly stupid, but incredibly sterile. This has energy. Sterile. And it makes me happy. So if you did grow up watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, I highly I, I highly urge you to check out Dino Charge. I won't. Well fuck you then. <laughs> Go watch Gotham again, you fuck. I will. Next week. 
Fox. Same bat time, same bat channel. Without the bat. Without the bat. Or the time. Also watch Constantine. Or the channel, because I'll probably just watch it on Hulu. Fridays at 8. Friday. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, um, that's this week in nerd news. There wasn't a whole lot of news this week. Well, allegedly Marvel has... Getting... They're going to break the internet yet again. Robert Downey Jr., of all people, announced that Marvel is going to have a big announcement coming out. Yeah. Which... It's going to be that he's leaving. <laughs> well, think about Robert Downey Jr. and What must that man qualify as big news? Well, I like... It, what, well, what would it have to... If he's the one breaking the news, then it's got to have something to do with Iron Man. But it's like, what news could you possibly have? I'm so bored of... Like... Not of Iron Man as a character, but of those Iron Man movies. After that third one, I'm real bummed out about it. <laughs> I was real bummed out after the second one. Yeah, that one too. Actually, no, the third one wasn't that bad. But I just, I don't care anymore. Like, just keep them in the Avengers movie. I don't really care about there being an Iron Man 4 or 5 Do or 6. Captain, I, I, honestly, that's how I feel way about most of the Avengers. And I think, originally when they were saying that they are going to completely change the roster for the Avengers, I was like, oh no, but these characters, like, you love them. I mean, but when you think about it, like, they've gone where they needed to go. Like, I don't want another Thor yeah. movie. I don't want another Iron Man movie. Do you think it's going to be Spider-Man? Do you think he's got a Spider-Man announcement? Why would he be the one to say that on Twitter? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully. I heard from someone, and I don't know how reputable it is, but it. I've also heard a bunch of theories, but the theories make a whole lot of sense, that they are almost certainly not going to go with Peter Parker for Spider-Man. See, I've heard I know both. they're going to go with Miles Morales. I've heard I've heard both that y- you know, you should do the Ultimate Spider-Man because Peter Parker's already been done and you've done everything you can with Peter Parker and I've also heard the argument that no, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Like you can only do Peter Parker. It's like I would mm, prefer to see Peter Parker I in uh, the Avengers. I don't uh, if it was just a solo Spider-Man movie, I'd say yeah, fuck yeah, I'd do Miles Morales. I'm yeah. We've seen that story Do so many times. Spider-Man though. Noir, Spider-Man 2099. There's a plethora of Spider-Mans. But it's just Maybe like the idea. But, yeah. It's just the idea of seeing Spider-Man with the Avengers. Um, but they made a very valid point being that Sony still has control over Spider-Man, more yep. or less. They're calling the final shot, as it were. Yep. Uh, Sony's whole scandal, like one of the bigger things to come out of that hack thing was that there were a lot of emails that were uh, racially charged, and it made the company look very, very bad. Oh, this is tr- this is true. They're also going to cast Angelina Jolie as Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to put Angelina Jolie in old-timey blackface <laughs> and have her do a really racist Mexican accent, oh. so that way it's Miles Morales because he's half black, half Hispanic. <laughs> I would pay for that. I would watch that. I will finance that movie. <laughs> that will be our claim to fame. <laughs> the racist Spider-Man movie with Angelina Jolie. <laughs> but no, just hearing that, it's like... They're, they're even going to let her direct it and then yeah. sweep it under the rug when it underperforms. No, they're going to make... Uh, what's his name direct it? Oh, also, Neil Blomkamp is actually making that Alien movie. I think we did say that, yeah. Did we? we did. Well, we talked about that when Xena was on, but that at that time it was still speculation. Still, yeah. He is officially doing Xeno. And I saw, I read from someone on Twitter today that uh, they're like, can Neil Blomkamp really replace what David Fincher did? My immediate response was, yes. Yeah. Yes, he can. He can do it. He can totally do it. <laughs> Fucking, I... He also apologized for Elysium this week. Did he? <laughs> yeah. He's like, the the quote was literally, yeah, I fucked it up. I'd like to go back and redo it. 
but I didn't see Elysium. I heard that it wasn't bad. It was it just was, boring. It's bland. It was okay. You know, I, Neil Blomkamp is someone that's very. He likes to put messages into his films, and District Nine had that thing where yes, he was telling a story, but he also had a message to it, and it was, oh, it was a sci-fi story. But he was talking about apartheid. I mean, yeah, he was. He was talking. It was a very human tale for yeah. what it was, and it was beautiful. Elysium was, I would say, probably the best Obamacare ad ever. <laughs> That's what okay. it was. It was, and I mean, this is coming from someone who I am very, very hard left-wing liberal. And to have literally two hours of just left-wing liberalism shoved down my throat, even for someone like me, it was a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And... It's fine if you're trying to tell a message in your film, but if that message becomes the movie, then I think there's a problem. You know? Yeah, I would uh, I would agree. You could definitely be too heavy-handed, and that was the thing. It's like, District 9 walked the line. I mean, it was pretty blatant what he was talking about and the themes that he was discussing. However, I was engaged enough with the actual plot and the goings-on of the film that... It it didn't it didn't seem it, it didn't feel like I was being slapped in the face with some kind of message. Granted, I'm not from South Africa and I don't have any connection to apartheid. I know that it was a thing, and uh, it, it's 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 not like it would get under my skin in the way it would if I were you know from there and had that been a part of my cultural heritage. Speaking of Zena, did we uh, did we offend her so much that she's never going to be on the podcast again? Oh, she went back to South Africa. She uh, she just doesn't like you. <laughs> no, she's in South Africa for three weeks. She's going to be back in the states soon enough oh so we didn't completely offend her to the point where she never wants to appear on the show again right no she doesn't like you at all but uh no okay but that's okay nobody all right no one this is why i have no friends i'm just kidding you have lots of friends i have two friends who you and (laughs) xena and xena left oh you have friends you have um gian gian he's still alive (laughs) have um uh me i already said that oh xena (laughs) oh you have plenty of people that like you i just don't know them nor do i (laughs) well well with that i think (laughs) we could call it a night (laughs) now that it makes mikey chan look like a sad little person which isn't true you have plenty of Give me friends. Will you be my friend? I'm already your friend. Oh, were you talking to the internet? I was talking to the audience. <laughs> apparently, apparently they like us enough to listen, but not enough to interact with us in any way. So, we'll I'm see. on Twitter, at Holler at Michael. <laughs> Say hi. <laughs> For the love of God, acknowledge my existence. Aww.